Hey, I'm Terrell Hicks, and you're watching the Q Chat with Go Queen. Uh huh. Kesme, she's a queen. This is dedicated to all my beautiful queens, all my beautiful ladies out she there. She's a queen. Go queen. Thank you guys for joining another episode of the Q Chat. Today I have a very special guest. By the time you'll be watching this interview, you'll see that she is the current cover of our Go Queen magazine. And she's also been a guest on the show in the past. So we're going to have a great conversation regarding entrepreneurship, the real, real, real cause to be a boss, and the truth behind the glamorous side that we think we see. So today's my special guest is Miss Demi Howell. How are you doing today? Hey, thank you for having me on, Sharon. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm so happy for us to link up again. You know, we always have good, honest, transparent conversations. So I'm super happy for us to offer some more gems on this whole entrepreneurship game. So I just want to start off cutting, just starting to the whole point. So as we talk about a lot, you know, social media has hyped up entrepreneurship a lot. You know, it looks glamorous. You see people flossing their money and all this good stuff. But as you and I know, there's another side of all of that. So I wanted to start off just with you just breaking down what are some of the myths? Because like I said, we see a lot of stuff on social media that's honestly not true. So what are some of the biggest myths that you think are behind this whole entrepreneurship game? Oh, I um, I feel like for us seasoned entrepreneurs that have been in the game and understand the true journey behind it, we're doing a disservice by um, allowing the young entrepreneurs to think that social media and having this lifestyle and, you know, you're going to be a millionaire overnight. It does not happen that way. And we have to be able to show them the process and from what I've seen, I do come across pages and I do see people showing them a little bit of the process, but, you know, they need to see the sleepless nights, the, I didn't, you know, I had to choose if I was going to pay my light bill at home or pay my light bill at the salon. And, you know, not the fact that, hey, I'm driving my Bentley today or, you know, I'm doing my get ready with me in my uh, thousand square foot home, you know, thousand square foot bathroom in my home, like, and just the fact of showing the money, what does that mean? We didn't see your journey. Mm. So we're giving them a false narrative of what entrepreneurship looks like. Now you can't have glamorous things. I'm not against glamorous things. However, what is the process to that? So what I see now with a lot of entrepreneurs that I mentor is they have allowed social media to fool them into thinking they're going to have this lifestyle overnight. And then when they don't get it, they get down on their sales. They go through the depression. They go through the anxiety. Now, on the flip side of opposite of them, a lot of the entrepreneurs that are successful, they're going through the same thing. It's just behind closed doors. Mm. 
So it's, 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 they're, they're similar, but they're different, but we have to, um, we can show them the glamorous thing, but we have to tell the truth behind it because we're setting them up for failure by not being honest. Mm. What is the best way? Cause I know you mentioned you mentor entrepreneurs as well. What's the best way? Because don't get me wrong, you know, it's not a bad journey to go into. Of course it's not. You gotta be prepared, I guess is the best way to put it out there. Just like you said, sometimes you really do have to sit down and decide, okay, which deal am I gonna take care of? Because the numbers haven't hit this month or next month or the month after that. You know, that's just a realistic side that I think some people don't see. Cause just like you said, and it's not even to be negative, but nine times out of 10, you're not gonna be a millionaire overnight even no. in the next year the year after that a year after that you know yeah. everybody's journey you know is different so how can you because i know you said you mentor how can you i guess communicate with someone let's say they have like a good idea and they want to be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. but you know you have to be honest with them so what's mm -hmm. the best way to to i guess mentor someone so that you're not necessarily being negative but you're just being open and honest but you still you know, are encouraging them to still step out on faith and try that dream? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the truth can always be viewed as being negative because the truth is the truth and sometimes the truth can hurt. So um, most of the time when it comes to me mentoring these younger entrepreneurs, I give them the premise of my journey and I ask them what they want and I can listen to the story to tell that they're going to be more serious about the journey or if they really want to get to the end goal, to the shiny life. That's how I can decipher, you know, who the mentor and who not to mentor. But I think everybody has to decipher when I'm telling my story, if they feel like it's a negative or if I feel like it's a positive thing. So for me, I won't go in and tell them, hey, I had a lavish house. I did have a, you know, 6,000 square foot home. I had a Bentley. You know, I made four to $6,000 a week when I was in my prime because though I did those things, what is that actually doing for them? It does motivate them, but that does not mean that you're going to mirror me or you're going to mirror what another entrepreneur does. So the first thing is they have to be honest with themselves from the jump. And I think a lot of times some people jump to entrepreneurship because it, it has become a little bit trendy, not knowing what they're jumping into. And we just have to be honest with them. We do have to tell them the wins and we do have to tell them the losses so that there is a balance. But sometimes it's not about the wins or the losses. It's about the truth. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I do agree that it's turned into, it's trendy, you know, I mean, on the flip side, yeah, it's great seeing people, you know, work on these different ideas yeah. and they're trying to create their own businesses because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, there is a lot of gratification and having yes. something that your name is on, that you yes. stayed up working on as opposed to building somebody else's dream, mm -hmm. you know, so that's something that I always applaud people for mm -hmm. at least trying and whether they're, you know, still working at nine to five, mm -hmm. whether they just completely jumped out and left their work situation or if they're just like, hey, you know, I'm not leaving my good job, but I still want to have this business on the side. Like, you know, all right. of it is great and dandy. But however, like you said, it has turned a little trendy to the point where if you're trying to build something to look like the next person, exactly. that's where, you know, it gets kind of sticky, you know? And I think because of social media, 
um, some entrepreneurs that know they want to go into that business, they, they've lost the creativity or the vision for it because they're trying to do it the way that they seen somebody else do it due to their success. So it's really not their journey. There is somebody else's journey. They're just playing, trying to play the character from somebody else that they looked at or they admire. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this. But we're in a time now that, especially with the economy and inflation, and we we need to be we need to be honest. You know, we we need to we need to encourage people, but we don't need to sell them false hopes either. Yeah, yeah. So it has to be a it has to be a balance there somewhere. I agree. In addition to a lot of things we discussed, what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions? Because I think sometimes the amount of money that you have to put into your own business, I think flies over people's heads sometimes. Like you you literally have to make, you have to spend money to make it, you know, and then each month is also not guaranteed. In addition, you may hit a month that is great you know, you sold, you earned a good income, then the next month could be very dry. And those that next month could be followed by several <laughs> dry months and you still have expenses that are sitting around. So I think that, I think personally, some of the misconceptions some people may have is the financial aspect of starting a business. Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, Sometimes people go into it kind of blindly and they're not aware of things. And there's also a difference in having a hobby and having a legitimate business, meaning, you know, registering with your state, things yeah. like that. It's just it's other things, you know, involved in there. So from your experience and the people that you've mentored, do you think that maybe the financial aspect is something, too, that people aren't clear on? Because, again, if you're looking at social media and seeing people floss money and, you know, just live lavish, again, and not being transparent about the high and the lows, you know, the positive months and the negative months, you know, on the, in your bank statements, it you know, it kind of gives people a disservice. So do you think maybe the financial part, too, is another misconception? I do. I believe I do believe that the financial part is another misconception because um, when you become an entrepreneur, you don't know if this person took out a business loan. You don't know if this person had investors. You don't know if this person had, you know, business partners or if they had a family member that gave them the money to start the business. But not only that part, operating fees. You know, what are your operating fees? Are you like I was a stylist, so I had product fees, but then I also had the mortgage I was paying on my building. Like there's so many little details that are left out of the financial part of it. So I think that it does play a part because we need to be very detailed as much as possible when we're talking about the financial part of being successful in entrepreneurship. So one thing I want to do is backtrack and for you to let the audience know your history for anyone, you know, that may not be familiar, may not have seen our previous episode, just to give people some background, just in your experience, you know, with your cosmetics line and some of the decisions that you made. Can you give everyone like the history of what you've experienced? Yes. Yeah, so um, I started out uh, as a stylist and I did hair for 30 years, built a beautiful, successful business along with my husband. I did have a hair care line, didn't have hair care systems. And then later on, I had a cosmetics line. Um, in addition to that, I've been on BT. 
uh, sugar mamas, essence, you know, all of that, the, all of those things that can come along when you are successful, you know, when you're, you are visible. Um, but I was on that. I was so into that hustle culture, hustle, hustle, hustle. And what I was, I, I feel like the hustle part of it, it was like an addiction, you know, it was like that perfectionism. You know, if I was at this level, I know I could go there and I would push and push and push myself. And honestly, it wasn't until I went on vacation with my husband, probably like our second vacation. And it was a water park with my daughters and I couldn't connect mm. because my mind was still going. And I just looked around at all of the mothers and the families. And I got so sad. I just, it was just like darkness just came over me. I felt so sad and I felt so guilty because it was such a blur, you know, even in all the success and all of the publications and awards and, you know, just the accolades and the, you know, you, you girl, you got it. You know, you, you got a top salon in the midst of all of that, that aha moment took me to ground zero. And I had to mm -hmm. self reflect on that. And, you know, what people don't understand about hustle culture Hustle culture is like a bad relationship. It's like an abusive relationship, honestly. And you just keep going and you keep going. And you know that even though you're being successful, you know that it is abuse. You know that you have depression. You know that you have the anxiety. You know that you're not spending time with your family. You know you can't get your time back with your kids. All of these things are mounting up on you. And so when that mounted up on me, when that weight got heavy, I went to ground zero. And I chose to walk away and I chose to walk away in 2018. I just needed a moment to just breathe and um, really come back to center, try to find who I was again. But again, like I said, that hustle culture, it's an addiction. It's like a bad relationship. And it was just something inside of me like, hey, you know, go back and do it. It's OK. You know, you can do a, you know, a few days here, a few days there. And I ended up getting back on the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point to where I just got tired. My husband had told me, he said, babe, go ahead and retire. Like, it's okay. We're good. But again, it's like a bad relationship. I had to, I had to be the one to want to do it on my own. And I had to be able to walk away and not feel that resentment for him. So March 1st, um, I decided to walk away and I retired. Now in the midst of that with my cosmetics line, and I'm sorry, I'm backtracking. Um, mm -hmm. So you guys forgive me. But when I started my my makeup line in 2009 at the time, no one but regular was starting cosmetics lines. So really, I was my brand launched. It was a beautiful brand. But really and truly, I was fighting out of the gate because it was nothing normal. It was nothing usual. It was nothing that you would see a regular woman of color doing. So mm -hmm. I had to try to build and, you know, get the consumer base and you know, that business was successful. However, I lost it due to a trademark issue with, with the name. And to be honest, it was really a blessing in disguise because I had been contemplating taking a break, but I had so many customers that were dependent on me. Mm -hmm. So that trademark issue was honestly a blessing for me. It was a blessing in disguise and I just had to let it go. So I'm free. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I am so free. I have no regrets. I can look back at that and there are so many aha moments that I missed that I wish I had have seen earlier because I wouldn't have been pushed to the point to where, you know, I was mentally ill. Mm. I'm so happy that you mentioned just, just being transparent about just the emotional stress 
that it put on you and the addiction of the hustle. Yeah. That's something that I don't think people talk about a lot either. It, it is an addiction when, because here's the thing, when you do something on your own, you do your own business, especially if you come from that nine to five structure, it is, it, it's like a high when yeah. you're doing on your own and you know you have those months where everything is boom it's working and it gets like you said it's like an addiction it's like an adrenaline rush to get the next sale or to get the next client or to get the next you know deal or exposure it really it hypes you up but it gets to the point too where you can get extremely burnt out and that whole hustle addiction there's some false gurus out there saying, oh, you know, you don't even need to sleep. Team, no sleep. Work on your business 24-7. Like, that's BS because if you drain yourself like that, you will have nothing to give to anyone. And I don't care. There is absolutely no business that's worth your health, your physical health, or your mental health. And I'm so happy that you mentioned that hustle addiction. And it really is hard to get it out of your mind. I know when I worked a traditional nine to five, I was like a workaholic. I could not be away from my emails. If I went out to lunch, I had to have the notifications on my phone. I felt like I had to respond to people within minutes when in business, you really don't have to do that. But in my mind, it was like a machine. Mm -hmm. So when I started working for myself, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm free. I brought the same mental work habits where I'm like, I have to be on my computer 24 seven. If I'm not near my laptop, I have to have the phone open. And it's like a switch that you have to really fight to turn off. So I'm so happy that you mentioned that hustle addiction. What are some pieces of advice that you have for people who you have to really consider your mental and physical health and your self-care when you're doing your own business? So what are some thoughts or tips that you have so that for people who are still in this game, that they can cater to themselves mentally and physically? Because burnout, it should never be a part of your business plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I think people need to learn to pace themselves, pace, pace, pace yourself, your lessons and all of the grit and the glory is in the journey. It's all in the lessons. But if you don't pace yourself and you hustle, hustle, hustle so much, you're going to miss all of those, though, you're going to miss all of those lessons. And, you know, it took me a long time to get into self-care. I thought self-care for me was the fact that, hey, I hit this level. Now I'm at this level. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't you don't realize that self-care is not the fact that you made way more money than you did at this level. You know what I'm saying? That's just a fiduciary benefit. It's just money. You know, that's it. So you have to learn self-care from the beginning. And what I like to do with the um, young ladies that I mentor is I tell them, take care of yourself. Don't get bogged down with this culture. Don't get bogged down with the money, the end goal, the accolades. Like those things are going to happen if you're good at what you do. You believe in yourself. You're going to be consistent. You know, you might have to pivot here. You might have to pivot there. But at the end of the day, once it's all said and done and you have not taken care of yourself, you're going to be broken down. So mentally, you need to think about yourself first, not yourself in the way of I can make the money to take care of myself. But self-care, that could be meditating. That could just be being quiet. That could just be staying at home, laying in the bed, chilling and watching Netflix. I know it's unpopular to, you know, what the people say. But sometimes you just got to get back to the basics of life. 
back to the center of life, back to the basics of a human experience and human nature. And I feel like the world has lost a lot of that, which bleeds down to, you know, nine to five and entrepreneurship. But you have to take care of yourself first. When you feel like you need a break, take that break. If you feel like you want to go on vacation, take that vacation. You know, have those hours. Self-care is not being available to everybody all the time. Self-care might be, hey, my my answering hours are from nine to five before and after on the weekends. I'm not available but that hustle culture, you would be available 24-7. You're, you're available on text, you're available on email, Instagram messenger, TikTok messenger. You, 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 so you don't have time because you're constantly doing and responding to everybody except what your self needs that you're blocking out. And I'm just, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that when you're working for yourself, there's like a guild involved sometimes in your mind, you think that you're not supposed to take off, not supposed to take time for yourself, or not even, you feel guilty of even saying no, like, I was it's that person. So it, it, all it does is burn you out, you know, it just burns you out completely. For sure. Why did you, and I know you mentioned, I like, and I obviously know that you have a husband and children, mm -hmm. and like you mentioned the example when you guys were on vacation, for so many women out there who are, you know, trying to be their own boss, they have a family and they have a lot that they're putting upon themselves in the business-wise area and they already have their home life that they have to balance too. What are also some things that you can offer someone who, you know, they're working really, really hard, but they also have their family to take care of too. And it's kind of like a tug of war sometimes. How can they find balance as well? Because they already have their business responsibilities, but when they're not doing the business, they have huge responsibilities, you know, as a mother or as a wife. Like, how can they find that balance? Um, I think that the thing for me was me and Randy worked together from the beginning. So I always had that supporting role, even though he was a man and it was a, you know, beauty industry ran business. He was always there as my business partner. He was always there to pick up the slack where I might not have been able to be present at the time of my daughters as a mother. So for me and what I've seen when we're talking about boss women and entrepreneur women and women in power, it's a character that was built. But on the flip side, you, the, 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 one, the husband and the wife have to have an understanding and if you're dealing with a woman that is a powerful woman as a man that her her husband has to be has to be I'm not going to say has to be okay with her being um a boss chick or independent but there has to be an understanding of why she is the way that she is because sometimes if two people husband and wife are not on the same page in the entrepreneurship and the woman is the lead it's nine times out of 10, they're going to have a lot of problems. And that's just being honest. It's a lot. They're going to have a lot of problems because she doesn't know how to turn that off. So she has to know how to turn it off when she comes home, not to be a boss, but to step into mom and to step into wife role. But at the same time, her partner, her husband has to kind of have that understanding and they have to have an understanding together. 
See, that's where I was different. And that's why I was blessed because Randy was just, you know, he was there. He had the degree. He had the degree so he could do the business part. Whereas I was the hands and the feet. You know, I did the ideas. And when I had the girls, he was there to step in to play mom. So that I could, that would be on my outside looking in based on our relationship. That's what I would say to the entrepreneur women is that know where that character was built. You know, for me, I had something happen to me that built this exterior of a, a boss chick. You know what I mean? So when you get into these relationships, those are things that you have to be honest with and talk about with your partner in life and in business. And sometimes it just don't come up to later on in life. So it's really, it's understanding who you are and it's also your partner understanding who he or she is. And then it's you guys trying to understand each other together at the same time and not be ego driven. Mm -hmm. Because a, a boss woman has a natural ego, but a male has a natural born ego. So they can clash. So it's really, it's just the clashes of the egos and not letting that happen. And I think one thing that you mentioned that's important is I think for any person in any type of business, male or female, is the type of partner that you yes. have to really make or break you. You know, yeah. like you mentioned too, when you that was a conversation with your husband that led that also encouraged you to retire. Yeah. It's having the right person in your life and even beyond partners, having the right friends that support you just the, just the circle that you have when you're trying to create any type of dream is extremely important you have to have the right circle of people around you those circle that circle they're also your caretakers because the people in your circle can also be like okay i love what you're doing but you're also burning yourself out you know, they can pull on, you know, your coattail for a second in a, in, a, in a loving way and be like, hey, I think, you know, you may need to take a break, you know, or even at times where you may be feeling kind of down, they can pour life into you and say, hey, keep going, don't give up. Or just like you said, your instance, like, hey, you got this, but maybe it's time to, to back away. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, just having that good support system. So yes. just your circle as a whole it's mm -hmm. super important. So I wanted to ask you about this mentorship that you do. I know we haven't gotten too deep into it. So just explain your mentorship program and how you well, do it. I, well, it's not, I don't have a mentorship program. The, it's, okay. this, yeah, these are just like local young entrepreneurs that I'm, you know, kind of close to. They seem mm -hmm. to come up in the business and I'm just mentoring them. So I don't, I don't have a mentorship program. Now I do have a course. Okay. Wiser. Okay. I do have a course wiser. Um, and wiser basically is acronym for what, who, and why, what are you doing? Who are you doing it for? And why are you doing it? I think sometimes when we get in business, we don't, we, we ask the why, but the who and the what we don't ask. So I think we have to get clear on that. And sometimes those questions may not come in, so later, sometimes you might ask yourself and it's a superficial answer, but as you go through the process of entrepreneurship, you know, you can kind of identify those, um, you know, the what, the who, and the why. And then the second part is integration. Integration is basically where, you know, I come in, I help you look at the situation that's going on in your life and what are the things that we can integrate to make them better, um, which is your vision for peace, uh, you know, looking at your finances, those type of things. 
The second, I'm um, sorry, the third phase is strategy. And that's basically me helping them implement in strategies to help them get to the piece. The fourth step is extraction. And then that phase, we're going to extract, whether it's finances, whether it's you need to downsize, you know, all of the little bitty minute details that are going to help you get to that piece. And then at the end, you just resume your life. So it's called Wiser. Um, very, very straight to the point. Very, very easy. And it just is really just a make sense course. It's nothing that is hard. It's nothing that's difficult. It's nothing that you're going to have to overthink, but it will give you those aha moments. And how can people learn more about the Wiser course and how can they enroll in it? Yes. So they can go to uh, truthuniversity.com. That is T-R-U-T-H-Y-O-U-N-I. V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com, truthuniversity.com. Then they can also visit my website, demihow.com as well. Awesome. What have been some of the greatest highlights for you in your journey? And the thing about it, like I said, I love how you're straightforward. You're to the point, you know, like you offer the truth, literally. You're honest. You and your husband, you guys are very honest. And what you tell people, what have been some of the highlights with that? Because I feel like we need, we all, we, we need to encourage each other, like I mentioned, but it doesn't service anybody when you sell somebody something that isn't real and being transparent and telling people things, the truth that, you know, they may not receive it the right way or they are, Hey, they may not understand it, but to still offer them the truth is it's just it's necessary. So what have been some of the biggest highlights for you in your journey and just living in your truth and making decisions on your own, just knowing like, hey, I don't have to continue to do this. I don't have to continue to burn myself out. What have been some of the biggest highlights and lessons in this journey for you? I think for me is that people want the truth. But people can also view the truth as being negative because it stings and it really drops your ego. It damages your ego. And a lot of times people are not ready for that. Um, But then on the flip side, when I do speak the truth, if I do do a speaking engagement or if I do get on social media and people feel human, I don't think people feel human anymore. So when I'm transparent and people are so engaged and they love the transparency, I tell them you're human too. I'm human just like you and we are relatable. So it's like the the world has somehow trained people that we cannot be human anymore. We cannot have emotions anymore. We cannot be vulnerable anymore. We have to play this character 24-7. I'm not a character. I'm a human. And I want people to get back to the basics of just being human. So when I get those messages or I get those phone calls or somebody texts or I see somebody now, it's like, oh, my God, just, you know, thank you. Like, you're just so transparent. I'm like, we're human. So that is what I really enjoy is that people are coming back to the basics of just what human nature, human emotion, being authentic, what that looks like, and not the fact that we've seen so much that 
we are our own person. Then we're a character that we got to play. Now we see so much things and we're picking up all of these different energies from different people that we see. Now we don't even know who we are. Mm. Right. We don't even know who we are anymore. I definitely, like I said, I appreciate just, you're always transparent. Just the post that I see that you do, your husband as well. You guys just always nail it, always on point. So another thing I want to ask you to round everything out, as you know, of course, Go Queen is about self-love. Everything that we do, loving ourselves is the absolute key to stepping out on faith, creating a business. Self-love is the key to saying, hey, I'm overwhelmed. I need to step back. Self-love really, truly is the is the core of everything that we do, how we carry ourselves, how we what we choose to put our message out there, having that confidence to do that, believing in ourselves, knowing that we're truly worthy, our value. So I want to ask you around that everything is, as I always ask everyone, what role has self-love played in your life, just in the decisions that you've made and just having that confidence to to be truthful to people, to use your journey and be proud of it. What role has self-love played in that for you? Self-love on the other side of it has showed me how important I am to myself. How important I am to me, not to everybody that needs me, not to everybody that pulls on me, but just to who I am as a woman and as a human being and as an individual. And we all, you and I know as women, we love everything around us. We take care of everything around us. We take care of people that we don't even know sometimes. So self-love and what that has done for me is just showed me how important I am to myself and how much I need myself, how much I need me. I love that answer <laughs> so much that you mentioned what it, just knowing what you mean to yourself. I think it's so yeah. important. Again, thank you so much for this thank conversation. You. And as usual, whenever we link up, it's always a great honest conversation before we do end everything. I know you mentioned your website again, but please remind everyone again how they can find you on social media, again, how they can get involved with the Wiser course. I'm sure there's some people out there that would benefit from it. So just tell them again about those websites and also how they can find you on social media. Okay. Well, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the Demi Howe. Facebook at the Demi Howe. And my website is www.demihow.com. You can go there and learn more about me, my backstory, um, some uh, information on the Wiser course. You can also book a consultation with me. And then you can go over to Truth University and click on the links. We have I have a Wiser course. Randy has, Randy has his Sims Approach course. We have a lot of courses on there. And we're getting ready to launch a membership subscription, Truth Sessions. So True Sessions is going to be absolutely amazing. So make sure you follow me on social media at the Demi Howe. Check my website out, DemiHowe.com, and go to our Truth University platform and check us out there. Awesome. Thank you again for this conversation. This has been another great experience. And also congratulations again for being our current cover. Thank I'm you. I'm so excited. It's a beautiful picture, and I can't wait for everyone to see it and yeah. just really hear more about your story i'm really excited about that like i said i love you guys you guys are just positive and honest and i just appreciate knowing you and thank you again for all the support again guys this is demi howe 
Please, please, please. I hope you guys took in a lot of the information that she mentioned during this interview. As we know, entrepreneurship, it is important. And right now, just as people of color, to have something that is yours is always a great thing. But just remember, you don't have to burn yourself out for anything. In addition, it's okay to educate yourself, to know that there are some highs and lows, but whatever works best for you. Do it for your path. You don't have to follow anyone else's path. Just be confident in yourself to make the best decisions for what works for you and your business. But whatever decision you guys make, I do hope you make the right one. And don't forget, of course, to go love yourself. Thank you guys again for tuning into the Key Chat. You can catch more interviews like Demi's and more www.goqueen.com. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. That must have did this beat.